0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au Good morning. Good morning, Church. When I first chose that reading to speak from today, I had a question and I wasn't sure of the answer. Very normal for me. I grew up in a church different to this denomination. It was a good, strong Bible teaching church. It was a very formative foundation in my life and I'm very thankful for that. And whenever I heard this story that we've just heard read there, the man's name was always Zacchaeus, pronounced Zacchaeus. Now, we've been here in this church for 25 years and until today, I've only ever heard him called Zacchaeus. So, in my head, I have those two names, and I was thinking, which one will I choose, and will it be confusing because they both come out with ease? A couple weeks ago, I read a children's story based on this very scripture. And I love the way children's stories can sometimes just reach past our adult thinking into our heart without us even realising. And the author of this story had chosen to call the man in the story simply Zach. I thought good idea that's an easy name a child can say Zach He might even have a friend who is Zach and as I read the story it just slipped past into my heart too and I had some new understanding of what this scripture was saying to me and I hope to you today as well so I'm going to call him Zach as well now we don't know much about Zach we only have these 10 verses in this scripture here and it's the only time he's mentioned in the bible so this is all we know So there's a lot we don't know but zach was a jew he was brought up in a jewish family he was raised in the jewish traditions taught the the rituals of the jewish faith that was his formative foundation in his young life at the time this story was written the land of israel was ruled by the romans and the Roman Empire was a very large empire and they were known to heavily tax the people that were within it. Zach, our friend, having grown up as a Jew, had, if you like, made another choice and chosen to go across to the Romans. And he not only had gone in a different direction, but he had got himself a job working there. He worked as a tax collector And he was even a chief tax collector, so he had other men working underneath him. And he was a rich man because of this. And not only that, he now came back to his own Jewish family and he was collecting the taxes from his own people. Can you imagine what that must have been like for a Jewish person to have one of their own go a different path come back in that capacity and be collecting your money, more money than what you had to give. They didn't like these taxes because they represented a secular government and the pagan gods, but they were forced to pay them. Wouldn't have been easy. And I didn't realise all that. And as I sat and pondered that and the enormity of what that would have been like for the Jewish people, I felt God drop a really strong encouragement into my heart. There's a lot of us here today who are parents and as Christian parents we raise our children in the Christian faith we talk, them, talk, teach them about Jesus we bring them to church as they grow and as they leave home they're older they're adults they get to make their own choices and sometimes they don't always follow the way that we would like them to and God dropped into my heart don't give up praying for your kids. Don't give up praying for your kids. When you look at the story that we're looking at today and you see the change that happened in that man and the encounter that he had with Jesus Christ and the way his life was turned upside down, don't give up praying for your kids. In fact, let's pray for them now. Father, we thank you that you are God, that you are Lord of all, that you have made each one of us and that you know us intimately and you call us by name. Father, we lift our children to you. We thank you for the privilege that it is to be a parent, for the gift of children that you have given to us and we acknowledge, Lord, that they belong to you. And we pray, Father, that today you would place before them the truth of Jesus Christ in a way that they haven't been able to see before and that they understand you in a new way. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So back to Zach. Zach was short in stature and he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He had this desire in his heart that he wanted to know more. Now we know from his Jewish background that perhaps he had heard the teachings and the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Maybe he'd already been in the groups of people following Jesus along and heard him. Or perhaps he'd heard stories from others about the miracles and the teachings that Jesus was doing. We don't know, but any which way he wanted to know more about Jesus. He wanted to see him. But he was too short. If you imagine what it would have been like to be a short person in the crowd and all you would see would be backs and heads and you might not even physically be able to put your eye on Jesus and perhaps struggle to even hear him. He was too short. It was a barrier to him, a hindrance to him to see Jesus. And it set me to thinking what might the barriers be in our lives or the hindrances that we might have in our life that stop us from seeing Jesus in a greater way maybe we're not too short and perhaps we're not too tall and maybe those physical things don't matter but sometimes they're important to us and they are barriers to us maybe there's things in our head that we think about that maybe we haven't ever told anyone else perhaps we feel like we're not worthy of Jesus or you know I've done that so so long ago and that's so bad and Jesus would never forgive that And I'm so ashamed of who I really am underneath, if you really knew who I was. There's nothing that's too hard for Jesus. And I say that as a person who's an imperfect person, very much a work in progress in so many ways. And I've got things in my life that I find hard, the same as you. My hard might be different to your hard, but they're all hard. And sometimes I just have to ask God for his patience and perseverance in that hard thing when I have just run out of my own. And I've got something else in my life that I find that is just plain really difficult and I can't do anything about. And in that place, I just say, God, will you please sit with me in this mess? Because that's about all I can really say. And he does. So despite what we think is too hard, there's nothing that God's love can't overcome. Nothing at all because his love is so big, it's so strong and so mighty and so powerful and so very for each one of us that he can overcome all those things and he's done that at the cross. Back to Zach. So in his desire to see Jesus, he went on ahead and he found a tree and he went to sit in a sycamore fig tree. They were very common trees in Israel, they had low spreading branches, perfect place to sit, look down, see Jesus and hear what he was saying. He positioned himself to be able to see Jesus. So maybe are there ways that we can position ourselves to see Jesus in a greater way too? Perhaps in those hard things it's simply to ask for help, to talk to someone, to share to find some information about whatever it is that you need some help with, or maybe even to ask someone to pray for you. Those things sound really easy, and they're easy things to tell someone else to do, but ask me to do that? Sometimes that is really hard. And we have to be humble to ask other people to help us and to ask God to help us. So Zach's sitting up in the tree and Jesus comes by with the crowd and he's teaching the people and he's talking away and he gets to the tree and he stops and he goes across to the tree. He leaves the crowd and he goes across to Zach. He's got time for one person. In the midst of his big ministry here, he's got time for one person. He's always got time for you and for me. And he looks up into that tree and he sees Zach and he calls him by name And he asked him to come down. So he knew where Zach was. He knew what Zach's name was. And he knew what was going on in Zach's life. In the same way that he knows us by name. And he knows where we are. And he knows what's going on in our life. And I say that not to paint the picture that God's up there looking down on us, checking up on what we're doing, ticking the boxes and where we've gone wrong. Not at all knowledge of us comes from the fact that he made us and that he loves us so greatly he made each one of us uniquely and special and he loves each one of us and he calls to us to come to him too it's that really warm inviting presence if you like that he's inviting us into very welcoming and so zach comes down from the tree And the next verse says, and there were some murmurs from the crowd. Put yourself in the crowd that day. Imagine what it might have been like, we don't really know. But you're with a huge crowd of people, you've been following Jesus for a long time. Maybe it's been a long day, perhaps he's in the middle of something really important that you want to hear the end of. You might be hungry, you might be tired, and suddenly it all stops. And here's Jesus going over to this tree. And his attention is not on you, but it's over here on this one person. And you see that man come down from the tree, and you see he's a short little chap. And then you think, I know that man, and he's that tax collector. Don't really like him. Remember what he did to us. And I hear God challenging us and our Judgments about people and our discriminations about people. You just see, Jesus loved the tax collector as well. He was a sinner, just like you and me. And it doesn't matter if we're black or white, or if we're rich or poor, or what status we have in society, whether it's wealthy or whether it's low. It doesn't matter if we're a person of great ability or whether we're not. It doesn't matter if you're disabled. It doesn't matter if you struggle with mental health or if you've got hard things in your life. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Equally. All of us. Each one. Greatly. And we're all made in his image. We're made specially for a purpose. And it's a different purpose for each one of us, but he loves us all equally. Back to Zach. Jesus said to Zach, Today I must stay at your house. This week I learnt my first bit of Greek. you proud of me? (laughs) Greek. The word stay in that sentence, today I must stay at your house, the word stay means to continue to be present or to take up residence. So he was saying to Zach, today I must continue to be present at your house or I must take up residence at your house. And I think he's not only talking about going to his physical house, but that he's also talking about his spiritual house, what's going on in his heart, and Jesus is wanting to enter in, to connect with him, to be present, to take up residence, to help him, because he's got a lot to give him. So Zach takes Jesus back to his house, and I'm fascinated that we're not told anything about what happens at the house, apart from the fact that they ate a meal. We just hear that Jesus is going to Zach's house, and we only hear what happens because of that encounter at the end of it we don't know whether jesus taught him a whole lot of things or whether they just sat and ate or whether he taught him the five points of salvation or led him in the sinner's prayer and we don't even know we didn't even hear if zach made a commitment to jesus that he gave his life to jesus none of that it's just an encounter with jesus That's all we can call it but on the other side of that we hear the change of heart, he's gone from being a corrupt man who is taking advantage of people and stealing their money, 180 degrees around the other way to being now a generous man. Remembering that he was a really rich man, he was giving half of his possessions to the poor so that was probably quite a significant amount of money or possessions And he was going back to the people that he had taken money from, and he was giving that money back to them four times over. A really generous repayment. And in the middle of that, I'm pretty sure Zach actually lost his job too. So he was unemployed. And I think there might have been some conversations and repercussions about his change of heart from those that were employing him. And Jesus said at the end, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham and he's saying that to the Jews. This man too, this man as well as you, this man the same as you, this man with a Jewish tradition the same as you is a son of Abraham and today he has become a son of Abraham again. And I don't think he's not just talking about his physical lineage but he's talking about his spiritual lineage as well. But today, Zach has stepped back into the faith of Abraham, into the faith journey and the walk with Jesus. And I can't help thinking about the impact of what that 180-degree change would have done to the people who got half of the riches and half of the possessions that were just given to them. I don't know who they were, but they must have asked some questions about why suddenly they were being given all this money and goods. And what about the Jewish people when they got their money back? I don't know how they paid their taxes. I don't know if Zach would go to the door of each house to get their money or whether they took it to a place to pay it. I don't know how it happened. But imagine if it was door to door and he now went back door to door and said, good morning, I'm sorry I took your money and now he's four times back to repay what I did and then you saw him go to the next man's house and so on down the street, don't you think there'd be a few little neighbourly conversations across the fence that I saw that came to your house and did he give you some money too? And why do you think that happened? Like, why is he giving it back to us? Like, something's happened to that man. Something's happened. And we know that he had an encounter with Jesus. And everyone's encounter with Jesus is different. But that was a mighty and powerful one. And the thing about all encounters with Jesus is that people see the change. People see the impact of what Jesus does in our life. And it's not just my encounter, but other people see what's happening and they start to ask questions. And they're drawn to this encounter and they want it for themselves. I remember saying to a young girl, not saying, I remember thinking of a friend quite some years ago now, just watching her and thinking, I don't know what she's got, but I want that. It's something really special. That's what Jesus does. And the other thing I learnt this week is that the name Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus and Zac, means pure. And I think that's really lovely because in this encounter with Jesus, Zac has stepped into his name if you like stepped into the destiny that his name has given him he's turned to walk back in purity with god to lean on god to walk further into experience of god and into his life with god it's a powerful thing and the last verse says jesus came to seek and save the lost and that's what he did for zach he sought him out he found him and he introduced himself to him And he changed Zach's life. Zach stepped from being a corrupt person, taking advantage of people. He stepped into being a generous person. He'd received, in that encounter, cleansing and healing, forgiveness, restoration, renewal, new life, new purpose. All in Jesus Christ. And that's what he offers to us too. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a loving and generous God. We praise you that your love is so great for us, that your love is so invitational to us. Thank you for what you've done for us in Jesus, for what we celebrated in communion today. Thank you that you gave your all so that we might know you and that we might experience in our life being able to walk in your footsteps and know the power and the love and the grace that comes from you alone. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.